Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. The solar system holds many planets, but none like the planets which launched. The attack of the monsters. A dying civilization bent on conquering the Earth for its own use. Two boys from Earth, caught up in this fantastic adventure, find themselves as the only obstacles between the space creatures and the Earth's destruction. An army of evil creatures comes from every corner of this dying planet. While on Earth, the scientific world gathers in one final effort. The attack of the monsters. Gigantic creatures prepare for their onslaught of the Earth. And turning their evil destruction on one another, their planet tumbles under the shattering fury of the most colossal battle in galactic history. Can the Earth survive the attack of the monsters? Lights out. And now the movies, folks. Well, welcome to yet another exciting episode of It Came from Beneath the Drive-In Movie. I am your fearless leader, D-Dub, and alongside me, my co-host, Stratosphere. His faithful acolyte, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's certainly one way to look at it. So tell me, Strat, what is our movie for this week? Well, our movie for this week is uh, a classic, uh, certainly to anybody uh, with with our weird tastes, uh, it, well, it, classic might be stretching it, but go on. Okay. Well, it the Nate, the title is Gamera versus Gyron. However, it did have another title, which I believe was Attack of the Monsters. That's right. And uh, the actual Japanese translation, if you really want to pick Nate's, is Gamera versus Devil Monster Gyron, which I I think that's got some flair to it. Well, we're n- I mean nothing if not flair. Yes. I'm practically eating it. Okay. So well, I can uh, I can turn you up just a little bit there. Take it. Yeah. That. Okay. Now I got some okay. volume. Now I got you a little too much. Okay. 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 So the best place to start on these is usually with the, the plot. plot. Okay. While scanning the skies through their telescope, two young boys, Akio and Tom. Tom. Tom is American for some strange reason, which I don't think they ever actually get into why there's an American kid in the, the movie. I feel it was probably for cross-country cross, uh, appeal. Oh, okay. Because in another one, which I believe was called Destroy All Planets, at least as it was 
um, distributed locally. Uh, there was also the One American Boy. Okay, that one I think I had seen before. I think I saw that one years ago. Well, that one, believe me, if when we get around to doing that one, I've got a lot to say about that. Okay. But go on. Yeah, living in the here and now. So we've got Akio and Tom. Uh, they see a spaceship descending into a nearby field. And uh, they're, they're kind of freak out. They tell Akio's mother what they've seen, but she basically dismisses their story as just two young boys with wild imaginations. Uh, very much like the 50s paranoia films where nobody believes the kids or the teenagers. Yeah. So the next day, the two boys with Akio's younger sister, Tomoko, am I saying that right? Into, uh, uh, they go to the site to investigate on their bikes. So somehow they manage to uh, break into the spaceship. Do they, they break in, or or do they? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they just, they just kind of walk in. Yeah, they 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 walk in and they start hitting random buttons as young boys do, and uh, they manage to hit on that one in a zillion combination because it actually like takes off. That's right. And as it's flying off, who joins them? But, but Gamera. That's right. Our hero. Well, somebody's hero. Well, hey. Well, I, I like Gamera, i got to say. I do. I've got much more of an appreciation for him now than I did way back when. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. So uh, they start going into outer space. They go into, uh, start heading for a field of asteroids, which, of course, they're, they're like Wigan because they're afraid they're going to get pulped by the asteroids. That seems like a very valid... Uh, which, considering they're like, what, eight or nine, is it's amazing how much they, they uh, pick up on. Well, in these Gamera films, usually when they do have the children, because, you know, Gamera, protector of the children, yes. and friend of Gamera all. is a friend to all children. That's right. Well, they usually have, and usually it is the Japanese child that's the one that's like the techno whiz. Right. Um, that's not stereotyping. Well, you know, they... Especially since, since it was like, like, what, the 60s? Well, you know, the dumb American thing. But, uh, I thought we were ugly Americans. Well, you know. Oh, ugly and dumb. Oh, man, that's harsh. Well, I keep having um, it go through, thinking of Joel Gray playing Chun, but he was Korean. And that's a story for another time. Yes. Um, but anyway, get, uh, getting back to the, the plot, uh, Gamera has been kind of watching the boys, and he basically uh, clears the path through them through the asteroids. So rather than do something like, I don't know, grab the ship and return it to Earth? Well, he, he, we'll, we'll get to that part. Okay. Um, the spaceship, flying near the speed of light, leaves Gamera behind and transports the boys to an unknown planet where it lands on the outskirts of an alien city. Suddenly, a silver Gaios appears. And that's... that's ca- Gauss. Huh? I believe it's Gauss. Gauss? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it it basically looks kind of like a a very small headed pterodactyl, but in this case it's silver. <laughs> well, the thing with silver Gauss originally it was supposed to be a different monster that right. appeared on this planet. Right. Um, budget ran out. Hard to believe, uh, but Gauss was actually uh, a monster in an earlier Gamera movie, and they just spray painted it silver and made it space Gauss. Ah, those wily Japanese. Gotta love them. So, um, repurposing. Ah, okay. We, we had conversations about that. Yeah, that's right. So, this uh, Gauss appears uh, and basically kind of threatens the ship and the two boys. 
Now, just before the creature attacks, a second bizarre monster whose head kind of looks like a, a big putty knife, or... Uh, Kind of like a short subby Ginsu knife, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's a lot sharper than it looks, I will say that. It, yeah. It, it and I do have to say, the effect where he first comes out, you know, where the ground opens up and the right. water and all that, uh, for as low budget as this was, it actually looked pretty good. Uh, this Okay, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I, I will say this before I forget, is that this film was sort of a mixed bag to me because there were certain effects like that that were like, wow, that's really well done. And there were other effects, which we'll get to later, that uh, it's like... Well, one of them that we'll get to, like, in the next half a minute or so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Don't want to spoil things. Anyway, so he emerges from his underground lair and attacks the the Gaios and basically chops the Gauss in, like, little bitty, bitty Gaios pieces. And that's the effect I'm talking about, folks. Because, I mean, it just... It looks... It looks like styrofoam painted silver is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, he chops the thing's leg off, and you know. actually, you know what it, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, if, you, if you've ever seen floral foam. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's more like like that because my my wife does a, does a little dabbles a little bit in floral arrangements, and I've seen I've worked with it before, and uh, it's exactly what it looks like, but spray painted silver. Well, it's just when they chop that leg off. I mean, you just, folks, you got to see this to believe it. It's just, it doesn't look like the knife comes anywhere near the thing's leg, and it just pops off. Oh, yeah, you, you can barely see the string that's yanking it out of its socket, or, or how, however it is they do it. Well, maybe he's an, another relation to that one Captain Marvel that Fred Hembeck always used to talk about. The one that? The, the one that would yell split, and different parts of his body oh, would yeah. pop off. Okay, or... Let's let's take it in a different direction. Okay. If you remember um, the Fatal Five from Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Remember the guy with the atomic axe that could cut the very air. Maybe he's maybe it's that type of sharp, and it's ne- it doesn't actually have to touch it. It's actually cutting the the. Okay, kind of like um, oh, let me think here. Wonder Woman's sword in Kingdom Come. Where it was so sharp, you could actually shave off atoms. Yeah, that that type of thing. Okay, let's, let's go with that. That that makes it sound it better makes, than it is, and it makes it a little more palatable, anyway. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this this thing is basically uh, sued to death by um, uh, Gyron, who is who is not. Do, they don't. Do they name it at this point, or I cannot remember, folks. I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit here. Uh, I had watched it when I got the DVD, and then I watched it about two weeks ago. I had every intention of watching all of the films that we're going to be doing over the next few episodes. However, real life got in the way, and I saw this one probably about two weeks ago. So I'm a little fuzzy on we, some of the details. So. In, in post-production, we should totally like uh, overdub like re- really sad, sad <laughs> cello over that. Anyway... Like that stuff they'd play in the Flintstones, like da da da. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, so Akio and Tom start, you know, exploring this uh, alien city, and uh, they meet the planet's only inhabitants, two beautiful women named Barbella and Florbella, who explain that their planet, known as Terra, okay, yeah, okay, 
orbits the sun directly opposite the Earth, which is why it has never been discovered by Earth's astronomers. Furthermore, Terra is facing extinction. Not only is the planet growing old and cold, the space gauss race has targeted it for occupation. Okay, so they're going to make a nest there. Yeah. The knife-headed monster, which the Terrans call Gyron, is their last defense against the space gauss. Okay, so that's where it's named. Okay. Barbella and Florbella suddenly turn on Tom and Akio and put them into restraints. Using their super technological devices... Yeah, boy, those are super... Uh, Drugged donuts. They kept saying they were hungry, and at one point... Uh, they show up with these donuts, which are apparently very much like the ones that one of the kids' parents make. And I don't know if it's Tom or the other kid, but but yeah, they were drugged. Yeah, it's it's like I, I'm I'm sitting there going, dude, stranger danger, okay? <laughs> All they need is a van. <laughs> dude, you stole their spaceship. Yeah, they're gonna be happy to see you. Yeah, here, here, take this. It won't harm you. We're not mad at all that you uh, stole our spaceship. We're, if anything, we're grateful because you brought it back to us. <laughs> we never thought we'd ever see it again. Yes. Um, and, and really thinking about that, you got to wonder, okay, why was it there if nobody was actually on it? Maybe it was there specifically to nab somebody and bring them back. So it was sort of a literal Venus flytrap. Ah, see what I did there? I did. I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, using their super technological devices, or whatever the heck you want to call them, the alien women probe the boys' minds in the process learning about Gamera, who they discover has a terminal soft spot for human children. Yes, and strangely enough, if I remember correctly, and you've seen it more recently than I have, when they're doing the flashbacks and scanning about Gamera's head, aren't some of those scenes in black and white? I believe they are. Okay. So, I mean, re- recycled footage shaves off the budget, I guess, is, well, is kind of what we're, we're looking at here. They uh, did that several times throughout the Gamera series. Yeah. Apparently, Gamera dreams in black and white, too. Ah, okay. Well, that would explain a few things. Um, but, yes, uh, Gamera is a friend to all children, as we know. And is. Uh, and we're not doing the song, folks, so. I, you know, Maybe at the end. Okay. That's, that's the beauty of post-production. Yeah, after you hear... Gee, that was a swell movie. Maybe we'll pop it on there. There you go. So, they're... Okay. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, jackass. The uh, Terran women turn out to be cannibals, which, for a late 60s movie, that's that's kind of out there, man. I, yeah, yeah. But man. don't they specifically want to eat the brains? Yeah, so, they, I mean, they're like really, really cute, non-ugly zombies, kind of. Yeah, or they shave the one kid's head. In spandex, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we need more zombies than spandex, dude. Serious. Uh-huh. Well, well, I know. We're not going to talk about that movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't want to go there. Yeah, right. Although I'm thinking maybe next year for the Geek Roundtable, I take down my little TV that has a DVD player. Right. We watch the film... And then everybody comments on it afterwards. Either that or we could Mystery Science Theater it. That would be even funnier. <laughs> Don't think that hasn't occurred to me. Uh, at points, 
there's that's the only way you could make it through that thing. Right. And for the record, folks, that movie would be Die, You Zombie Bastards. And, and, I, and I liked Rebecca, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still do. She's a lot of fun. Uh, she's, she's cool. She's yeah, I mean, she warned us about that movie. It, we, she can't, we can't say we weren't... We just didn't... We didn't take her seriously. That we, we fell victim to the classic horror trap of we didn't take the, the warning seriously. That's right. We we actually got it into our head that, hey, it, it can't, can't be, be that bad. bad. Want to bet? Anyway, so, yeah, they're, they want to feed on the boys' brains. So, um, in order to... They, first, they put uh, Akio in this uh, kind of restraint thing and go to shave his head and... I got. I would love to see the outtakes of it because they really got. They got this. It looks like a a big surgical saw, and they get this thing like right up, and it's just about to touch his skin when um, Gamera lands on the planet, and the, and the alarm goes off, and suddenly they're they're interrupted. But it's like, again, really very intense for for the time. I thought it came out. Yeah, and especially considering that it was really marketed as kid cinema. Uh, this is kind of, uh, in a way, I mean, yeah, as adults, we can, we can see the cheese of it, but if if I'm a seven-year-old watching this, I'm on the edge of my seat. This is like nightmare fuel, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, now, looking at uh, the Gamera films as opposed to the Godzilla films, they actually were quite a bit more violent. I mean, Gamera, Gamera pretty much bled in every one. Yeah, the, well, the... the not counting that uh, destroy all planets because we'll do that on a future date. But the two we've seen since we've been doing this, uh, yeah, he he bleeds, dude. Yeah, and actually in the ni- in the nineties trilogy, in the third one, I want to say, which is the one after the one that we did. Yes, the one yeah. after. Okay. Um, he actually loses a hand. He kind of creates a flame hand, but he does lose a hand. Damn, that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but anyway, so Gamera lands on Terra, trying to find the boys. I hope she's okay. Anyway, the woman deploy Gyron to attack the giant turtle, and after a brief battle, Gyron renders Gamera helpless, sending it into a lake, unconscious and on its back. Which, considering he's a turtle, you'd think that'd be a bigger that would be a bigger go-to move for his opponents, you know, putting because that's always the thing with with a turtle in real life, putting it on its back. Yeah. Now, Gyron does show a couple... He does have an additional weapon in addition to just the big uh, blade snout. He has a little shuriken to come out of the side of his head. Oh, yeah, the little ninja stars. Yeah. yeah the, the Plus, apparently, the blade, because when Gauss was trying to blast him with his sonic beam, yeah. he, can, uh, ref- he can reflect the beam back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a pretty cool, cool move, too. Um, yeah, the uh, the shuriken stars. Yeah. Is, is you know, I n- not to be uh, sadistic or anything, but when those go into camera, I'm sitting there laughing because I mean he really looks pissed. He he's like, yeah. damn, these suckers hurt. <laughs> I mean he's jumping up and down and shaking his his little paw or <laughs> arm or whatever, <laughs> and <laughs> you could tell him. What whatever language that kaiju speak, he's using some unchristian language. I'll tell you that. I would say. <laughs> I mean, he actually gushes blood out of one of them. I think. After, yeah, yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. But it, uh, he, uh, whoever, 
I don't know if the same actor does Gamera that did Godzilla. No, it's a different company. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But wh- whoever does Gamera, I got to say, considering it's mostly a, a pantomime, because there's no actual dialogue, yeah, really gave me the impression, man, this sucker hurts. You are in some serious pain. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Anyway. Well, part of it might have been method acting because of that suit. Well, yeah, I've I've heard many stories that none of the kaiju suits of of any of them are comfortable in the least. Yeah, especially um, on YouTube, there's a documentary about making the Godzilla suit. Right. And, like, I guess the first Godzilla suit they made was just so stiff, the guy literally could not walk. Oh, is that why Godzilla moves so slow in in the early films? Um, especially well, like like Gojira, the the first one. I mean, he lumbers. I mean, he yeah, a lot of that had to do with the way the suit was built. Wow, and I'm sure Gamera is the same way. Well, Gamera is a little little bit more awkward if you think about it. Well, that's very true. I, he's got that big shell on his back. Yeah. Turtle power. Let's not go there. <laughs> Besides, we we don't want to pay royalties to Lerman and Scott. So anyway, Tom managed to free Akio. But in the process, Eastman and Laird, I thought. Who did I say? I sound like I, I so I'd have to listen back, but it sounded like something like Laird and Scott. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, I got one out of them. Hey, there you go. See, that was that was my secret plan to not pay the royalties by not mentioning their actual names. But see, every, I got you. Everybody know knows who I was talking about. Ah, but you see, this is during a commentary thing, so. Oh, okay. So it's it's okay. So anyway. They release Gairon. Uh, out from under the alien's control, Gairon rampages through the Terran city, even attacking its masters as they attempt to flee to Earth. The uh, knife-headed creature slices the spacecraft in half, mortally injuring Barbella, who then dies at the hands of her own companion, which I thought was kind of harsh. Yeah, didn't she, like, vaporize her or something? Yeah, it's like, damn. <laughs> More brains for me. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. See, see, I didn't think about that. You see, before, she'd only get one of the two brains. Now, she gets both of them. So, seconds. Hmm. So, Gairon attacks the base where the boys are imprisoned, but Gamera awakens and renews its assault on the alien creature. Gamera finally rams Gairon's head into the ground, and using a missile launcher they have retrieved, the boys fire a missile at Gairon, slicing it in half and killing Florbella. That's right, and isn't it amazing that these kids that have never seen this technology before not only can fire the missile, fire it accurately. Well, I mean, what, okay, oh, so them actually getting the spaceship to take off, you were pre- that was pretty plausible, but them firing a weapon, that's just off the chart, is what you're saying. Uh, okay, look at it this way. If this ship was, in fact, as you called it, the Venus flytrap, yeah, it was sent there, and it probably had an automatic retrieval system, so they could have touched anything, and it would have taken off. Maybe it had the same kind of controls like they had in Lands of the Lost, where you just like wave your hands randomly, and then you know, it, it just it could have anymore. just had it could have just had a sensor somewhere in there that, as soon as uh, somebody came on board and just started messing around with the controls, okay, time to go. Okay, well, either way. So, uh, so yes, I, I buy that much more than uh, the whole let's fire the missile and hit him in a shuriken. I, I love psychoanalyzing these movies. I really do. This is what I live for. Um, so Gamera uses his flame energy to 
weld the alien spacecraft back together so that Akio and Tom can use it to return to Earth. Now, Where again, I now say... Now everybody believes them. And again, I say, if he'd have just taken the spaceship back to Earth, well, the movie would have only been about ten minutes long, but... Uh, well, the funny thing is, they don't actually they don't actually fly back under their own power, which lends lends credence to your theory that the whole thing was programmed to fly there in the first place, because um, basically Gamera picks the thing up like Snoopy holding his uh, do- his his food bowl in his mouth and basically flies back and gently lays it down. Now, or at least he try. I, I, you know, they show him kind of gently laying it down, but I, I always try to imagine inside. I mean, they're probably being being Totally shaken up, you know. Oh, sure. Oh, look, these two grease spots used to be Tom and Aiko. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> but, you know, okay, his flame breath welds the thing back together. That's, considering that it looks like a really bad blowtorch from an old World War II movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's a pretty good job welding it back together where it's airtight. Yeah. I, I love the I love the pinpoint work he was able to do under under such uh, rough conditions, too. Well, nobody ever said the science in this was uh, all that great. I know I certainly didn't. Well, again, and, and in all seriousness, I mean, this thing is obviously, in spite of all the violence in it, is totally marketed to children, so you got to have a pretty, a pretty big uh, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Oh, to, absolutely. To, I mean, let's face it, there's not a lot of hard, really hard science in, in hardly any of the kaiju movies, but, you know, that's not, you know, if you, if you want hard science, I mean, there's plenty of movies that you can go to for that. Well, okay, very true, very true. Um, and again, when we do destroy all planets, we're going to poke some holes in some science, buddy. Okay. Uh, my my point is there's not much science there to poke holes in, but I'll, I'll roll with it. Okay. So now that we've discussed that, anything else you want to cover before we uh, decide to rate this sucker? Um, like I said, it's I, I do remember the one destroy all planets. Uh, this one, I thought uh, it was kind of fun. It was it was kind of fun. Now the one the very first one we did, which was <laughs> coincidentally enough the the first uh, review we did together, um, was definitely a modern take on it, trying to make it a little more. In, in the modern world, a little more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was uh, this was pretty high-handed fun. I thought. Um, oh, and we we would be we would not be remiss if we did not mention um, the highlight of the entire movie, which is the parallel bar. Oh yes, I was. I you, that was during you, the you, me- you mentioned that off mic like a couple days ago, and I'm, I'm <laughs> like, okay, yeah, we we got to discuss that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, uh, at one point during, I can't remember if it's the first or the second battle. I want to say it's the first time. Okay. Gamera gets knocked back. He grabs onto this. It looks like a... Uh, well, why is it even there? That's uh, Other than for I, him let, to do that. Unless this is some sort of a transport tube between two buildings, I have no idea. But, but he flies back to this thing and grabs it. And, you know... It's basically an overhead bar. Yeah. Between and like two two rock formations, and he swings he swings across it. Maybe it's a tunnel or like a tube going between them. But oh, okay. But he uh, grabs this thing and swings around it a couple of times and does the dismount. Um, the whole thing with this, it looks like this was a one take deal. Him getting on the bar, 
because it's not very smooth. Well, it actually looks like it looks like they spun him around a few times and then yanked him off and then just rewound the film or played the film backwards because he, he when he finally when he first gets on the bar the if if you're looking for it it looks like he sort of just magically attaches to it so it looks to me yeah, like yeah. it looks to me like he was they they spun him around a few times and then like i said using you know magician's wire or whatever just yanked him off of there and then just re- played the film backwards is kind of how it looks to me yeah it's just one of those moments yeah but it's uh, <laughs> it was it was one of those really really <laughs> It just kind of added to the fun of the thing, and I will say, I will say that out of uh, the Gamera monsters I've seen so far, I really want a Gyron figure for my uh, shelf. I, I would agree with that. It, it's it's goofy looking until you see how much damage he does, and it's like, damn, that's pretty cool little Gaiju, man. I, I can dig that. Well, if I ever if I ever make it to G Fest, yeah, the, the impossible dream. Yeah. I mean, uh, hell, if we could make it to a Kai, uh, Kaiju Club meeting, that'd be nice, too. Well, that, too. It just, life always seems to get in the way. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, it is it is time to rate this movie. We're uh, going to have to get some music or something to yeah. segue into that. <laughs> Let me play the Rocky theme backwards, just to see who would notice. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, like, I can't quite give this our highest rating, but I, I feel very comfortable giving it the, the second highest rating, which is... Craptacular. No, craptastic. Craptastic. Yeah. I I definitely would agree with that. It, uh, it was fun. It, it was one of those things, if you just... If you're, if you're not out to poke holes in it, and you're just watching it for the pure fun of seeing this, it... I just had a. I actually watched the whole thing and wasn't bored by it, which that's always a a risk if they get too bogged down in the plot. This, the fact that this thing had plot holes actually kind of helped it along because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, go with it. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I would give it the same rating. I mean, it was a fun little movie. It, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, God, what was the name of Gamera Two? I can't remember. Uh I mean, it's not one of the mid nineties. It's the cloud. It's not one of the mid nineties, but uh, I, it was very enjoyable for me. Now, like you said, I I didn't feel like nodding off during it, which is always a very big uh, attack loss. of legion. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Thank God for smartphones. I'm telling you, my, so. my new Windows phone. It's definitely smarter than I am. Yeah, that, that, that's a depressing thought, but uh, I, I know what you mean. Okay, so first off, let's go with our contact information. If they want to get a hold of us, recommend a movie, comments, questions, how could they do that? Okay, they can do that by... Um, our blog at, is at secretlayerpodcast.blogspot.com uh, And if they want to email us with those suggestions... Uh, also, a very similar title, secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, and starting with the, tr- with the long-running tradition that we started last episode, our next two movies are going to be... Uh, next week we'll be doing 
uh, a double surf theme because our movie and our Geeks Explain It All sister podcasts are both going to be having uh, surf slash beach themes. So we're going to be doing Horror of Party Beach. And I've watched it, and I can't, I can't wait to delve into that. I uh, haven't seen it for years. You got me a copy. I'm, I'm going to try digging into that this weekend. And um, and after that one, now this one's this one's going to be a little special. This is kind of a rarity. This was never really shown on American television, so far as I know. I do have a recollection of one of the three movies in the series, though. Really? Okay, that's I don't recall ever seeing this one, but it is uh, called Daimajin. Uh That'll work. Dimogen? It's Dimogen or Dimogen, I don't know. Yeah, not not Dimatap, because that's, you know, ask your doctor about that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that'll be the one after that. And uh, it, again, it's not not a typical uh, kaiju type of movie. I've, I've seen most of that one, actually, and it's... Uh, it's a little different, but I think it's, it's something, yeah. something kind of unique and special. I think we're going to kind of have, have a little fun uh, looking at that one. And so that's what we have to look forward to. Get those comments into us. And so for It Came from the Drive-In Movie here at the Secret Layer Drive-In, this is your fearless leader, D-Dub. And his faithful acolyte, Stratosphere. Saying, go watch a B-movie. And why? Because these movies aren't going to watch themselves. All right, folks. Later. Bye, kids. Gee, that was a swell movie. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Oh, <laughs>